Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you have any questions for our guests, there are many ways you can contact the show. You can post a question on our wall on Facebook, Skype us, send us a tweet on Twitter to at The Organic View, or you can contact me directly at June Stoyer. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Cheese is something that people of all ages love. However, it is a food that not only consists of some of the bad fats, which are not heart-healthy, but is also derived from animal products which contribute to animal cruelty on factory farms. On today's show, I had the pleasure of welcoming back one of my favorite best-selling vegan authors, Mr. John Schlimm. We're going to talk about his latest book, The Cheesy Vegan. So I'd like to welcome back John Schlimm. Good afternoon, John, and welcome back to the show. It is so nice to have you. Hey, I am so excited to be back with you. I love our visit. Well, let me tell you, you managed to get my audience drunk with your last book, The Tipsy Vegan, and now you have The Cheesy Vegan, so what can they expect next? Uh, Sexy Vegan? (laughs) I think that's actually already been done. I think that's out there. Uh, No, I'll let uh, someone else do that, but I I am actually working on on something new, and it's beer-themed, so I'm returning to my roots, so stay tuned. Speaking of which, for people that are not familiar with your work, and I know that it's hard to believe that people are not familiar with everybody that's on the show, but <laughs> I have I receive emails from people that are, are in places like Rwanda and remote parts of Australia, all over the world. So, you know, it's a great thing because people are constantly discovering so much information, especially about veganism, that before – it was basically available only through people that you knew. So could you just take a couple of minutes and just explain to our audience how you became a vegan, a little bit about your background, because I think that's really, really important, and also why you decided to write The Cheesy Vegan. Yeah, actually, I come from a part of western Pennsylvania, which is anything but vegan or vegetarian. When I was growing up, those words were not words that I ever heard. Uh, In fact, I am the son of a former butcher. Uh, Growing up, my dad had a meat processing business, which was particularly active during deer hunting season, though it's always the hunting season where I come from. Uh, But deer hunting season takes place right after Thanksgiving. And so when I was like uh, seven, eight, nine years old, I tried my hand at the different jobs in the meat processing business, whether it was skinning or cutting or making the the sausage. And, you know, when your nose is about uh, table level with what you're doing, especially that, it it didn't go so well. And I I knew that I wasn't wasn't cut out for this, but I really didn't have the understanding to really explain those feelings. So I, I was eventually relegated to the front desk where when the hunters came in, I would write down what they wanted done with their deer. And and that was my first official paid writing gig. So I think it's almost poetic that I went from that as my first official paid writing gig. I think dad paid me about three bucks an hour uh, to now writing vegan cookbooks. You you know, we we were kind of like the original buck dynasty 
uh, in that sense. So it, it's been an interesting journey. And, and I don't regret having that back, background because it's really given me uh, an understanding that I think a lot of other uh, vegan authors, especially cookbook authors, might not have. But, you know, uh, several years later, uh, you know, in, in my 20s, I started uh, writing cookbooks, but they weren't vegan as neither was I at the time. And uh, the interesting thing about it was the more I wrote these cookbooks, uh, the, the, the smaller the meat portion started getting on my plate because those words, when I would be out traveling, doing book tours, those words, vegan, vegetarian, factory farm, they started popping up on my radar and I started taking notice of them. Uh, but then I read Jonathan Saffron Fowler's uh, incredible book, Eating Animals, which I'm sure a lot of your uh, viewers and listeners have also read. And on page 266, he's writing about Thanksgiving turkeys. And he basically says that these beautiful, intelligent birds uh, and really all factory farmed animals go through this life unloved. And when I saw that word unloved, that was the light bulb moment that so many of us talk about. That was the click over. I got a pen and I circled it. I got a highlighter and I highlighted it. I never wanted to forget that word. Uh, that was my rallying call. And if you look at the identical de uh, dedications in each of my vegan cookbooks, you'll see the allusion back to that word because they all read to all the animals so you know that you have not passed this way unloved, uh, which was a sentiment that I also got to express on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, you know, and it was such a fantastic moment to be able to express that to my millions of neighbors across the country and really across the globe. Uh, so that, you know, is basically uh, my, my journey uh, to vegan. So it, it, it's been an interesting one for sure. I think it's important that people understand it's not something that happens. It is a process. It's a journey. And when you see somebody that is clearly on their way, even if they're not all the way there, I think one of the unfortunate things that happens is you have some people who are so, I guess, firm in their belief and they feel that it's black and white, it's either one way or the other, that don't understand and respect that process. And I know I've experienced that myself, and I, I've seen that with many other people. And I've caught myself where I've seen someone that perhaps I remember at one event I saw a woman who was at this, this whole spiritual uh, event about uh, organic and just uh, how everything's connected, this and that, and she had a fur coat. My initial reaction was to kick her chair, and then I caught myself and I said, well, you know something? She's here. Yeah. And maybe that, as you just shared with our audience, the light bulb has not gone off for her, but who am I to judge her? She needs to go the distance and go through her own journey so that once she is there, she won't go back, as unfortunately many people do because they haven't had that moment where they understand what exactly is involved. Now, for many people that don't understand why cheese is not such a great thing anymore as far as, I mean, they get the health component as far as why it's not health heart or uh, healthy for the heart, but they don't quite understand why it's such a big deal when it comes to animals. So can you just share with our audience some of the issues that you feel compelled 
to talk about when you lecture as far as what people really should know about consuming cheese, the traditional cheese. Sure, sure. Well, you know, the, the main issue where I'm concerned uh, with dairy cheese is the, the dairy component. And, you know, these, uh, the cows who are raised on these dairy farms uh, are submitted to some of the most horrendous abuse within factory farms. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And, you know, one of the, the, the main things I try to get across in my spe speeches when I'm traveling around the country, you know, I, I don't necessarily write these cookbooks because I want people to think I'm some big famous chef. Because guess what? I, I'm not a chef. I am just a, a normal average guy, uh, just like everybody else. I love delicious food, and you're going to find that in my cookbook. But I write these cookbooks. So that on some level, you know, those animals know we're there with them, that they're not alone, that, you know, in, in some sense, we are right in there, in those cages with them, our arms wrapped around them, whispering, I, I love you, into their ears. And, you know, my heart breaks every day for these animals, and it's really one of the main reasons I do what I do, because I want them to know that they have someone on the, their side, that they're not going through this life unloved. Uh, you know, I wish I could keep them from undergoing all the horrendous torture uh, that they are, but at least I know that I'm doing something to help them, as are, uh, you know, millions of others. Because like you said earlier, people from all over the world are starting to come together in this uh, vegan movement uh, to really, you know, better themselves health-wise as well as the planet and our fellow living beings. So that's the main thing. And, you know, a lot of people, especially with the dairy, outside of just the abuse, a lot of people these days have trouble processing dairy products. And so they're moving away from any uh, cheeses or, you know, the dairy milks. And, and that's why you're seeing all the, the really fantastic almond milks and soy milks and rice milks, which I'm crazy about, starting to pop up because people just cannot digest dairy. I think that's primarily because of the process that's involved. I mean, what the dairy farmers are doing, uh, there are many dairy farmers that are wonderful people that do care for their cows. However, it's industry. You have industry that is ultra-pasteurizing the milk, which basically is boiling it to the point where there are no valuable nutrients in what's left. You're basically paying top dollar for, even if it's certified organic, you're paying top dollar for basically boiled water. And secondly, uh, let's talk about the enzymes for a minute. When it comes to um, the enzymes that are used to coagulate the milk to produce the cheese, there's so many issues with these enzymes. Can you just share with our audience some of your knowledge about uh, some of the processes involved with producing what's called rennet, which is, in essence, the enzymes? Yeah, you know, I am, I'll be the first to admit, I'm really not a scientist or a chemist. And, you know, I, I think your knowledge is so incredible on these topics and the way you're so easily to, you so easily convey them to your audience, uh, you know, for me, I, I just know that dairy doesn't work for me. And, uh, you know, I understand that there are all these things involved with it, but I, I have to say I, I'm not as knowledgeable uh, on those aspects as certainly you are, uh, and, uh, and I appreciate 
the fact that you're sharing that information with everyone. Uh, we make a good team in that sense. <laughs> you have the science side co covered, which is really not uh, what I, I know, and I, I've got the recipes uh, to sort of go along with it. So. Well, that's that's uh, you and I have similar upbringings <laughs> in the sense that you know you were the butcher's son, and you know I grew up on a farm, so I you know we worked with butchers as well, uh, and it's not easy, especially when you're surrounded by people who don't understand that. And I think more kids today have the luxury of knowledge because there's so much information out there, whether it's through social media through more books that are not only current, but even your book, The Cheesy Vegan, so many recipes in there, especially your mac and cheese recipe. So many kids love mac and cheese. That's right. It's actually something that's featured on many restaurant menus. Yeah. And the fact that you made such an easy recipe I thought was just brilliant because it's a great way to introduce a plant-based diet to kids. And you have also so many other recipes. Uh, one recipe in particular is for pizza. Now, in America, pizza is one of the most commonly consumed foods, especially on Fridays. I don't know if it's because it's the end of the work week for many people, the end of the school week for many people where, you know, they just want to do something with the family. It's just something easy. But your recipes are very easy, they're very kid-friendly, and I also want to mention they are very inexpensive. Could you share with our audience some of the basic staples that you like to keep in your pantry for making many of the different recipes that you featured in the Cheesy Vegan? Sure. Well, you know, one of the, the things that I put in all of my vegan cookbooks is a detailed pantry section so that you know what the staples are that you should uh, start to uh, be adding to your pantry. I explain them. If it's something that might be a little uh, different to you, you might not have tried, say, nutritional yeast or something like that, I explain what it is. I, I really appreciate you saying that they're kid-friendly because that's so important to me. You know, I think cooking should be just as fun as eating. I think, uh, you know, the, the family table is one of the last uh, deserted islands we can all escape to at least for – hopefully an hour a week, you know, ideally every night. Uh, and, and I think the kitchen is a place where we can also come together. And that's why my recipes, they have to be easy. You know, I, again, I live in a small town. Uh, I don't have access to a lot of the big fancier grocery stores and, and certainly not the health food stores. So I have to use ingredients that my friends and neighbors in my small hometown can go out and find, uh, just like my big city pals. So you're not going to find things that you can't pronounce or these long lengthy uh, recipes that just take forever to prepare. People don't have time for that anymore. You know, some staples, though, to get back to your question, of course, you know, the, the wonderful milks, uh, non-dairy milks that are out there, the almond milks and soy and, and rice milks, uh, really, they're cropping up in uh, refrigerators all across the country, especially, uh, you know, in, in small towns. I, a lot of my friends, I go to their houses, and they have you know, an almond milk or something, which is really fantastic. So that's a must. Uh, you know, I use a lot of extra virgin olive oil. Uh, it's really great to, to cook with. Uh, you know, the nutritional yeast, which for people who don't know, uh, in, the, in the vegan world, the plant-based world, they call it nooch. That's the, the nickname. And basically, it's this wonderful yeast 
Uh, it's not brewer's yeast, but it gives, uh, it adds a, a cheesy flavor to, to foods, and it's really fantastic. Now, I don't have that in my local grocery store back home, but, you know, it's so easy to find at places like veganessentials.com, veganstore.com, and amazon.com. And, you know, it's one of those ingredients. I, I, I like to throw in a, a few new ingredients that a lot of my readers may not be familiar with, uh, you know, just a few, because I think it's good to continually, you know, educate ourselves about these things. Uh, but you won't find too many of those in there, but that's certainly one of them. And, uh, you know, really just other staples that you probably already have, lots of great spices uh, and herbs. Uh, you know, another great product is uh, there's vegan mayonnaise, uh, and, uh, you know, there's a, a very well-known brand that's out there in stores. But I also provide a recipe in my book for homemade uh, vegan mayonnaise. And, and that's another thing I like to do, especially for my small-town uh, family and friends, if there is an ingredient like vegan mayonnaise, which might not be in our stores, even though you can easily order it online, I like to provide a homemade recipe for it so that if they want to do it all at home, they can do it all at home. It's all about being easy as possible so you can get right to uh, eating and the delicious food. Well, I personally appreciate the fact that you included the recipe for the vegan mayonnaise because it's it is quite expensive, and the thing is, is that you don't necessarily use a lot of it when you use it. So uh, for some people, especially if they just need a small amount, it doesn't make sense to buy a jar of it when all you're going to use is maybe once in a while um, a couple of tablespoons, if that. So I thought that that was nice. Plus, the size of the recipe, you really address that whole issue, and you don't produce a lot of it. So, A, you're not spending a lot of money on ingredients, and B, it really addresses the, the fact that, okay, if you need this, here's a simple recipe. It's not going to break your your piggy bank, what have you. And also, it's it's something that you can add to if you do need a larger quantity, but you're not going to waste anything. And I think the waste factor is really something that many people are becoming more concerned about because especially here in America, we do waste a lot. And as a certified master composter, I can attest to that we do waste a lot, which is, which is quite shameful. Um, one other recipe that I just want to mention is your vegan cream cheese recipe, which I thought was really lovely. It's something that I personally had not created prior to the Cheesy Vegan, so it's something that I've been looking for, but I hadn't quite gotten around to it because when you make the transition to a plant-based diet, if you will, and I don't like to use the word diet, but just plant-based living, certain foods you kind of just eliminate because it's the products that are on the market really are not that great. And so when you have an authentic recipe that's been tried and true, it's a welcome breath of fresh air. Personally, I would rather make as much of my food as possible because I know what goes in it. I know how fresh it is. Um, I know that there are many people out there like me who want to be able to source their own ingredients and have the control over the quality as much as possible. So, And I do it for health reasons as well. I have very severe allergies, and I can't always take the chance that the manufacturer is going to do things and go the extra mile that I will. So 
I just wanted to thank you for that. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, even I, I don't want anyone to be scared off by making their own cheese either. You know, there are uh, two dozen vegan cheese recipes and variations in the cookbook and then about 100 uh, food recipes that you can use that cheese. Or you can certainly, you know, there's a lot of vegan cheeses popping up in stores that you have to always keep in mind it's still processed. But you know, it's getting better and better. So you can certainly use that. But I, I hope no one is scared off by the idea of making their own cheese because certainly on my watch and in the Cheesy Vegan, they are also easy recipes. You don't need a chemistry degree uh, to figure out these recipes like some I've seen. Uh, basically, all of the cheese recipes in my uh, cookbook come down to a simple uh, mix, blend, let's set, and eat. And it really is that simple. And the ingredients are simple. You know, I use cashews in a lot of them. Tofu is used in, in some of them. Spices and herbs. Uh, just things you probably already have at your house, you can make these cheeses. And usually you can make them within a couple hours because they do need to set. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, overnight. Some of them, it, it, they're best left to set overnight. But again, easy, easy, easy. And kids will have so much fun making these cheeses with you. And I think if you don't stress the fact that it's vegan, if you make it and present it so that it looks very appetizing, I don't think it's something that has to be part of the discussion because I find that most people, if you don't say anything and they see something that looks really good, they're going to eat it no matter what it is. And then it could be an afterthought where you say, by the way, that was plant-based. Or you don't even have to say it, you know? No, I, I don't think you need to explain anything. And, you know, when I first started working on the book, there were discussions as to how we would actually spell the word cheese. Would we, since it's vegan cheese, would we spell it with a Z at the end or a Z-E? And I, from the very beginning of this discussion, said no. This is cheese. It's cheese. Uh, we don't need to have weird spellings or lengthy explanations uh, about it. It's cheese. Just like different companies make different kinds of, say, dairy cheddar. Well, this is, you know, I have a great ch cheddar recipe in the book. It just happens to not be, not be dairy. So, you know, I want people to really, uh, you know, think of it in that way. There's nothing strange about this food, you know, and, and you know this. I, with my cookbooks, I've worked very hard to blast through these silly stereotypes that vegans are weird and mysterious and, you know, that we eat something akin to hummus smeared on cardboard, uh, you know, using ingredients that can only be found in some obscure health food store on Mars. Uh, you know, on my watch, that's never going to happen. I, I want good, wholesome, delicious food, and it has to be easy, and, and certainly this is no exception in I, I'm just so excited to be sharing these cheese recipes with everyone uh, out there finally. They, I really just love the recipes, especially you have a recipe in there for feta cheese, <laughs> which was a breath of fresh air. And also, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge this. You have a recipe for Parmesan cheese. Now, what most consumers are not aware of is that the Parmesan cheese that's on the market the average, I'm not going to name names, but the average container, start reading the labels because it's not even cheese. And this is one of the issues that I have. You know, once again, I support agriculture. I'm a, I grew up on a farm. I will always have 
loyalty to our farmers, and I'm in support of making the farmers' lives easy. What I don't like is that they're taking something that comes from the cow, the milk, and they're trying to sell it to the consumer as though it's it's um, a milk product. But lo and behold, you'll see that it's it'll say product. It won't even say milk. It won't even say you know anything that is a real food, a real food for the most part. It's it's something that's completely manufactured in a laboratory, and that's a very big issue for many people, not just vegans, but for people that are aware of the fact that these chemically or these chemicals that are being substituted for food do have an adverse effect on our health. Yeah, and you know, for for my Parmesan uh, recipes, I have my little uh, cheat sheet here with the book. I you know, I have a Parmesan walnut recipe and a Parmesan almond recipe. So so simple, so easy, done in seconds, and you can put it on anything you'd put your regular Parmesan on, uh, and then some. So I, I thank you for pointing that out. You know, I really wanted to, to give my readers a good basic library of homemade cheese recipes that they could go to at any time, and then, you know, the food recipes that they could use on a daily basis using those cheeses. Out of all the vegan cookbooks that come across my desk, and I've done over a thousand interviews to date, especially since I have over three million listeners at this point, let me tell you, I see so many different recipe books, and I have not seen one book that was this comprehensive when it comes to cheese. You have a myriad of recipes that really will appeal to kids, that will appeal to our carny friends that would never even give anything vegan a second thought, but the recipes are so easy and they do taste like the traditional cheese. So that's that's something that is so welcome, especially since there are so many recipes out there that will make you waste a lot of money. So it's nice to have a reference like the Cheesy Vegan, where if you're looking for a particular type of cheese, or as you pointed out, the mayonnaise, or even your your dressing, um, the salad dressing that you have in actually your grilling book, um, you know, you, you have included some of these other recipes, which are great because it gives people some options. So I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and thank you for doing that. Um, you know, John, it's always wonderful talking to you. Uh, could you just take a moment and share with our audience your website and possibly a little sneak peek at some things that you have brewing? Sure. With every pun, with every pun intended. <laughs> sure. I, my website is johnschlim.com, and I hope everyone will connect with me there. All of my social media links are on there. So please come find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest. I, I know you're on all of them. And, uh, you know, it's so fun connecting with everybody. It, it helps the world uh, get a little get a little smaller. I am working on my next book. I just finished the manuscript, and I am returning to my roots. Uh, it's going to be a beer-themed uh, book. And, it, uh, you know, I, I can't give away too much, but it's going to be a really fascinating uh, and tasty new take on bar snacks, along with uh, about a thousand uh, beer pairing uh, suggestions. 
So all of the dishes will be paired with uh, beer, different beer styles that I, uh, I suggest you, you try with them. And I, I'm, I'm, of course, having a great time working on this book. <laughs> I'm sure the tasting part of the, the creation of the recipes has got to be fun. Um, my days of the <laughs> tasting and the creation of the recipes, uh, it's sometimes you get the recipe within – you know the first, first or second try, but sometimes uh, it's like okay, that's why we have taste testers. So uh, it's always great to have them. But in any event, every book that you do put out is always a wealth of information, and especially your your previous book, Grilling Vegan Style, was fantastic. So many of my listeners really enjoyed that. And then the Tipsy Vegan, how can we not forget that? That basically got everybody um, you know, feeling really good and happy about cooking plant-based style food. So uh, on that note, John, thank you for coming back on the show. And I look forward to having you come back in the future. You're always a pleasure to talk to. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do to make this world a better place for all of us. I really appreciate it. And I know all your listeners do as well. Thank you, John. You're very kind. And folks, thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon, everyone.